Your success will deter be determined by your preparation. When, when we knew that we were going to have to change the venue and, and, and some of the, the staff in here, they, they know I've been doing this. When we were going to have to change the venue for Brother Jesse's meeting, I started right then. The day we went over and looked at the building, I started right then. I walked the parking lot. I said, this is what we're going to have to do. I, 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 I've been talking to Brother Jim. We need to have people here. We need to have people there. Why? Because God has told me, we got to be able to do events like this. we got to be able to handle the big things that God's bringing into our ministry and bringing into our life. And we've got to be able to handle them with quality and excellence. What's that going to take? Preparation. Amen. Everybody say preparation. Every church has to be prepared to function in the last day's flow. And that last day's flow is a flow of the Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit together. That's what the Lord told us here. I believe it was on a Monday night during, during uh, intercessory prayer. He said, he said I'm going to take the elements of, of your Pentecostal upbringing, the Spirit, the flow of the Spirit, and I'm going to bring them together with the revelation that you received on the Word of Faith, and it's going to be a flow of the Word and the Spirit. And he said, people will not be able to define you other than that church is a church that flows in the Word and in the Spirit. Hallelujah. You know, I'm not Word of Faith because I heard Brother Hagin. I'm Word of Faith because the Bible says, this is the message we preach, the Word of Faith. Every Christian, if they're preaching the Word, is actually a word of faith. They don't like that, but they still are. Amen. Am I helping you? Matthew chapter 3. I told you we'd get there. Verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, the voice, now notice, he was spoken of, spoken of, and then he's a voice of one crying in the wilderness. What, are we, what is he crying? Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. The Amplified Bible says, he came saying, repent, think differently change your mind why the kingdom of heaven is at hand so notice those phrases this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah so the prophet Isaiah is the one that prophesied that there would be the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord but he said it everything that God does he says first because to get it into the earth, he's got to say it. And Isaiah prophesied, there will be one coming saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And notice John came, and he was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And he cried, notice, prepare the way of the Lord. So John was preparing the way for Jesus. And notice, the first thing he said they had to do was change their mind. They had to think differently. That's the word repent. Change your mind. Change your direction. Think differently about what. Because he said, notice, something's coming and you've got to think differently. The kingdom is coming. 
It's going to be here. Remember, the kingdom was in Jesus. And Jesus is coming. He's preparing the way of the Lord. He says, and with the coming of the Lord is coming the kingdom. And if you're going to get into this kingdom flow, you got to think different. Oh, hallelujah. I've got to change the way I think. Because something was coming they hadn't experienced before. You know, as great as what God has done in the past, and as great as what God is doing right now, there are things coming that we've never experienced before. And we've got to change our mind and change our thinking to this line of thinking. Lord, whatever it is, that's what I want to be involved in. Ever how you do it, that's how I want to do it. Lord, watch the flow and let me get in on it. Hallelujah. Right thinking leads to right acting, which leads to correct receiving. If I think right, I act right, and then I'll receive correctly. You're right there in John 3. Look at verse 26. Or you're in Matthew 3. Go to John 3, verse 26. John 3, verse 26. And they, John's disciples, came to John and said, Rabbi, he that was with you beyond Jordan to whom you bear witness. Now what he bear witness? The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He was preparing the way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Behold, the same baptizes and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You yourself bear me witness that I said I'm not the Christ. I, but that I am sent before him. He that has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom which stands and hears him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. Notice, he must increase, but I must decrease. Now notice something. Notice what it was about for John, the plan. Not about John. It was about the plan. I told you I'm not the Christ. I told you I was sent to prepare the way. In other words, I understand that people are going to quit coming to me to be baptized, and they're going to go to him and his disciples. I have to decrease so that he can increase. That there are things that have to decrease so the plan of God can increase. There's things that I have to understand. It's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's about the plan of God. It's about the flow of God in the last days. Hallelujah. We've entered into this season, and and you can do with this whatever you want. We've entered into this season where where the time God's going to use people that you've never heard of. God's going to use people that have very little recognition because God's about people that are going to get into the flow. God's going to bless churches that will get into the flow. God's, the, the blessing's not going to fall on those churches that just want to keep things going the same direction they've always been. God's about the people that says, I'm going to throw the sails open to the moving of the Holy Spirit, and I want to see what you can really do in these last days. 
Glory be to God. Amen. I got to stay with the flow. I got to stay with what God is directing us into. Oh, hallelujah. So they were about to enter a new era. John was preparing the way, and they had to change their thinking to receive it. Had to change the way they thought. Regardless of what God wants to do, if I'm not prepared, it'll pass me by. If I'm not ready, it'll pass me by because I'm not prepared. See, that, that's, that's why we can't, we can't get hung up on these little pet doctrines. We can't get hung up on our, on our favorite ideological things. I see, I see ministers and I see people and, and they're preaching and they're preaching things that are just their pet doctrines. We got, we got to get out of that pet doctrine and get over into the flow of what the Holy Spirit's doing. Amen. There are people in here, God has been preparing you for years for this day, for this time, for this season. You, you, right? You, you have been called into the kingdom for right now. It's not a coincidence that you were raised the way you were raised. It's not a coincidence that you got a hold of the things of the Spirit at the age you did. God has a plan and a purpose for you right now. Change your thinking. It's not when everything lines up. It's not when everything looks right. Now is the time. Now is the season. Today is the day to say I'm ready for the plan of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? So if, if I'm not prepared, it'll pass me by. It'll pass me up. It can pass me by by just being unwilling to let go of something and take hold of something else. God doesn't change, but, but, but you've got you've to understand something. Listen, I, I was raised, my father was in Vansus, my father was healed during the days of the voice of healing and, uh, in, in 1952, I believe it was, uh, 51 maybe. But in any event, uh, he was healed under those old-time tent evangelists. A.A. Allen was the bee's knees in our house. I know that's an old school statement. Uh, we had the long playing albums. I know some of you, some of you uh, uh, younger folks, you've never seen a long playing album. They're called an LP. Long playing albums. Amen. They, they, right? We had a, then, then we had a 45. I had one song on each side. We actually had to flip the record over. Hallelujah. Or change the track on the 8 track. I know what you're thinking, old oh, people. I know, I know. But, but here's the thing. A.A. Allen put out records of his services, LPs, and they were all different color vinyl. Some of them would be yellow. Some of them would be green and blue. And, 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 and they, were, they were messages from under the big tent. How, they were wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I, I watched videos of him laying hands on people, and it's just it's wonderful. He just stayed with them till the sickness went, till they got out of that bed, till they walked. Amen. Well, that was the season. Understand, it was the easiest thing in the world to get people healed in those days. Why did they have tents? 
Not because the tent was so anointed, the church wouldn't have anything to do with them. They had to go to, to contain the crowds. They had to go put a tent up. A tent is not the way today. Are they wonderful? Are they nostalgic? Would you get some people to come out? Yeah, for the, for the, for the thrill, just to do it. But that's not where God's moving. If you want to know what God's doing in this last day, He's building strong local churches that will move with the Word and the Spirit. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you understand that? This is so important. I used, to, I used to worship in a brush arbor. Anybody in here ever go to church in a brush arbor? Some of y'all, praise God. Amen. You say, what was a brush arbor? They'd take about a day and a bunch of men from the church would go put some, some uh, posts in the ground, some poles in the ground, put chicken wire over it, and then go cut brush and put the brush over the chicken wire. In the, in the early 1900s, in the 1910s, 1920s, that's where people had church because they didn't like Pentecostals. So the Pentecostals had to go put up a brush arbor until they got enough people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost to build a church. We're not going to put up a brush arbor. It is too hot in Arkansas to be in any brush arbor. Well, if you love the Lord, I can love the Lord fine in air condition. Thank you. God has blessed us with central air. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're not more anointed because you sweat. My point in saying this is there are people that would just grab a hold of that. And they think that's where the anointing's at. I, I was raised up around all those old school Pentecostal preachers that I love dearly with all my heart. But so many of them had this mindset that if you want that anointing, you got to go back. And we hear that so often. We got to go back. We got to go back. We got to go back. No, we have to go forward. We have to go forward. We have to go forward. There's more anointing in our future than there is in our past. So important. And, 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 and going into the future is, is not becoming this entertainment mindset. It's, it's, it's not doing something to try to attract people based on the it factor or the cool factor. What has always attracted people, what's always made people believers is the power of the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost that will destroy burdens and remove yokes and set people free. That's always been the answer. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Do, do, do you see that? Hallelujah. And then we went through the season with revival centers. Revival centers popped up all over America. Every big city had two or three revival centers. Well, what were revival centers? Most of them were the evangelists that came out of the voice of healing. The, the, the tents were no longer drawing people. So they got a revival center. And that's what they did. It wasn't really a church. It was a revival center. They, they preached the same messages they preached under the tents. And people came. But little by little, that dwindled off. Why? Because God doesn't heal anymore? No, because God had moved away from that. The church at that time was entering into the charismatic renewal, and the Holy Spirit was starting to move in the church. He was moving outside of our denominational line. He was moving over into other ecumenical communities. God began to use people like David Duplessis. They called him Mr. Pentecost, and he was an Assembly of God minister. 
ordained with the assembly of God. Watch the voice of, the, the voice of healing days. Had Smith Wigglesworth in his churches. But God began to deal with him and said, I want you to go out of your circles. I want to spread this message of Pentecost to the Presbyterians. I want to spread it to the Methodists. I want to spread it to the Church of the Brethren. And you know, when he started crossing lines and going where the flow was at, they pulled his papers, took his ordination from him. Because you, you, be, you can't be right ministering to the Presbyterian. You can't be right going to the world council of churches and sharing Pentecost with them. Amen. But you know, God was doing a work. I said God was doing a work. Catholics were getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Methodists were getting the Holy Ghost. People that people thought couldn't talk in tongues were getting the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. Oh, hallelujah. Because what was God doing? God was doing something Moving that move of the Spirit outside of the mainline denomination. Because he said in the book of Acts, the promise is to as many as that are far off. As many that will believe. It's, it's open to everybody. I, I remember my father went to a, a meeting in Clayton, New Mexico in the very early 70s. Now, if you've never been to Clayton, New Mexico, don't worry about it. Not very many people have. And if you ever lived there, I did. If you ever lived there, you'd realize why very many people don't know about it. It's a wide spot in the road. Amen. It is 10 miles from the border of Texas. All right? I say border. State line of Texas. All right? I, I, lived, I lived in Clayton, New Mexico, and I lived 10 miles back east in a town called Texline, Texas. All right? And then I lived 32 miles farther east in a city called Dowhart, Texas. And then I lived 87 miles more east in a city called Amarillo, Texas. I've never been there. I understand. I'm not there anymore either. Now, I tell you all that for a reason. We were living in sunny Florida. We were enjoying the beaches. We had a nice sunshine-colored house on Howard Street. I was enjoying life. My dad went to New Mexico. Revival hit. Catholics started getting saved. So many Catholics started getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. The Catholic priest started running my dad down. Get on the radio. Run him down. Take out newspaper ads. Just, it was, it was, it was bad. But the Holy Spirit was doing something. Those Catholics were getting born again with little or no, you know, back in those days, the Catholic people didn't read the Bible. The priest didn't want them to read the Bible. Because if they, if they get their own knowledge, I've lost the power over them. But they started getting in the Word. And they found out they could be filled with the Holy Ghost just by asking. And they repented of their sin and, and were filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, that thing went from a Bible study to a packed out building. He left that, that region, it went in, put that church in the hands of a pastor, and they went there with nobody, and by the end of that revival, he had a church seating 200 people. Most of them born-again, spirit-filled Catholics. Amen. Well, my, my dad was a dyed-in-the-wool Pentecost. Am I helping you all with any of this? He was a Baptist preacher. He had got saved in an Assembly of God church. Now, you think about it. My, my dad was like a, a spiritual mutt. 
You know what a mutt is? All different kinds. He, gave, he was a Baptist, raised Baptist. His Baptist uncle came to their house and said, there's a preacher down here at the Assembly of God Church in Cleveland, Ohio, that says God still heals. Can I take him down? So they took him down. He's 13 years of age. He hears ladies praying in the Holy Ghost. He says, boy, that sure is beautiful. I'd like to learn to do that someday. Amen. So God heals him. Elsie Roby laid hands on him. God healed him. Well, his uncle grabbed him, took him back to the Baptist church real quick. Because, yeah, you got healed, but we don't believe in that tongues business. You know, it never made sense to me. Couldn't you kind of make a correlation between the power and the tongues? I mean, been going to the Baptist church all these years and never got anything from God and goes to one service? Anyway. I'm not preaching against the Baptists. I'm just saying that's, that's the way it was. So, so he's, he's raised there, and, and, and he, the, the pastor takes him under his wing and sees the anointing on his life. Amen. And says, I, I want to I groom you to take over this church. He's a Baptist evangelist. He's traveling around the youth camps, getting people saved, born again by the power of God. And one day, a tent came to town. A Pentecostal tent. And the pastor did the worst thing that he could have ever done. He got up in the pulpit and said, I don't want any of y'all to stop at that tent. I don't know how you were growing up. This is how I was growing up. If my mother told me, don't touch that table, I'm not going to touch it with her in the room. But when she leaves, right? So he drove, he drove by that tent. He, he, now, Dad's in heaven today, but he drove by that tent, <laughs> and he said something was just drawing him. So, so he fought it, and he, and he drove on past, and, and he came back, and I believe it was on a Wednesday night. He said after they had their midweek service, you know, they weren't in church very long, and, and, and they were driving back, and you know, the Pentecostals were known for long services. And he said, I, I told my mom, my, my grandmother, now, my grandmother still was a wonderful woman, a big woman. You didn't mess with grandma. That woman intimidated me. My, my grandma Palmer, my mom's mom, I would just hug on her and love her. I was like around grandma Steele. I was like, just come to attention. And uh, so she was riding in the car. He had, a, he had like a Studebaker. <laughs> and they're driving that Studebaker. And... Uh, <laughs> And he said, Mom, I'm going to stop. She said, no, don't stop. The pastor told us not to stop. He said, I'm just going to stop. I'll just slip in the back and just see what it's like. I've just never seen it. She said, all right, agreed. So so they went, and uh, he was going to just slip into the back, and he tried to slip into the back, and they took him all the way to the front. Second row. Now, you got to remember, he's Baptist. He's got brill cream, white shirt, black tie, bobby pin. Can't have a, a real tie clip because that's worldly. you got to have a bobby pin. Right? Black pants with cuffs. Who remembers? Black pants with cuffs 
and white socks and black shoes. Woo! Hallelujah. And he said, I was sitting there, and the man was about to finish preaching. And he said, I heard him preach for a little while. And he said, I want everybody to stand up. And he said, everybody stood up. And he said, now we're going to pray for everybody that doesn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. And my dad said, in my mind I thought, "I I better get out of here. And he said, but I looked to my right and I couldn't get out. And I looked to my left and I couldn't get out. So he said, I just held on to the back of the seat in front of me till my knuckles turned white. And he said, the preacher said, close your eyes. He said, I don't know why I did it, but I closed my eyes. And he said he started praying for every born-again believer to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo! And he said, I was standing there with my eyes shut. And he said, I felt somebody coming to me, coming towards me. He said, but the closer he got, the more I realized this isn't a man. And he said, the Holy Spirit hit him. And he said, I started talking in tongues. He said, but not only that, I fell out in the floor. I started rolling in the sawdust. Speaking in tongues. He said, I came to on the other side of the tent. He said, my mother was down there patting my hand. She was afraid the tumor had come back. And the, and the heart was acting up. And he said, I, I couldn't, I only could talk in tongues. Woo! Glory to God. And, 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 and now I can't tell the way he told it. He said, I had sawdust in my brill cream. I had sawdust in my, in my cuffs, in my shoes. But he said, I was right. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I, I tell you that story for a reason. That was not a coincidence. That was not an accident that he would go by that tent and be moved by the power of God to go there. That was the flow that God was in. He was in a church that wasn't in the flow of God. God had to get him for the purposes of the reason for his life. God had to get him in the flow. Because you saw us on TV. Hallelujah. Amen. I know you want to know the rest of the story. Well, the pastor asked him to preach. And he noticed, you got something you didn't have. Well, that's good. You got something you didn't have. And he said, well, I stopped by that tent. And I got filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And he was happy. He was excited. Hallelujah. The pastor said, well, son, you got to make a choice. Well, I'm glad he chose right. He chose the Holy Ghost. Amen. But, but think about that. Think about that. Think, think. There, there are people in here that, that I know. You've talked to me about when your life changed when you went to a church. There, there are people here that your life changed in the 80s and the late 80s and the 90s when you went to a pastor's church, when you went to Agape, when you marched up that hill, when you went through the effort to walk the hill and sat in that church, you heard something that changed your life. It wasn't just my pastor ministering. It wasn't just his ability to eloquently give a sermon. It was what God was doing. 
Hallelujah. Are you following me? And, and you went in there, and, and you heard a man that rarely got behind, from behind the pulpit, spoke softly, would get excited, Nike man! Right? But was a teacher, had the gift to teach the Word, had the anointing to teach the Word, and it changed your life. There are people in this church, I know, you went there and you thought, what can this white man teach me? That's a rich church. Why should I go to that church? That's a rich church. Yeah, and look at you now, you rich thing. Blessed because of your association with what God was doing. Hallelujah. But listen, how many people missed it? Because I'm not going to go there. Because they speak in tongues. I'm not going to go there because they're this or he's that. You can miss the flow. Miss anything else, but don't miss the flow. Amen. Are you following me? When, when God told us, when God told us to start the church here in Little Rock, I did not think I would, I would get any blowback from anybody. Because sometimes, I'm naive maybe, sometimes I just think everybody wants to do what God wants them to do. When I said we're going we're gonna to go and start that church, people that I would have never dreamed begin, begin to give pushback about it. Well, what am I supposed to do? I know what God said. Yeah, but wouldn't it be easier? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easier out of the flow. The enemy fights the flow. He fights the plan. You think he's fighting you. He's fighting the plan. You understand? When, when Herod was, was going about to kill all the children, two years old and younger, it wasn't just the children. It was the plan. I got to stop the plan. I don't know where the Messiah is at, but I got to stop the plan. If he was born in Bethlehem, I got to go there and stop the plan. That, that's why when you get over into the flow and you start getting close to the flow of God, there are things that begin to open up. There, there, are, there are things, there are enemies that show up that you didn't even know you had. But because you're in the flow, the enemy's trying to stop the flow. Because if he stops the flow, he stops the victory in your life. That's a good place to tell your neighbor, I'm not getting out of the flow. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Oh, thank you, Lord. Our mindset has to be, Lord, this is what you're doing, and I want to be involved. Dr. Summer always said, Lord, don't do anything on the earth that I'm not right in the middle of. Amen. Notice in Acts chapter 1. We've got about 20 minutes. We'll be done. I believe. If not, we'll hit pause and come back tonight. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Notice this. And being assembled together with them, Jesus with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. So Jesus said, notice, you've heard of the Holy Ghost from me, I've told you about him. 
And then he tells them to go to Jerusalem and what? Prepare for the Holy Ghost to be poured out. I've told you what's coming. Now what I need you to do is go get ready. Amen. Go get ready. Their part was to be prepared. Their part was to be ready. My part in the flow is to be ready. Say it out loud. My part is to be ready. You know, when the Bible tells us that in, in those days, He'll pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will dream dreams, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions on my servants and on my handmaidens. I'll pour out of my Spirit in those days. He's saying, everybody get ready. This is going to affect everybody. This is going to affect the elders. This is going to affect the children. This is going to affect the young, young, young adults. This is going to affect everybody. This is going to affect people of high standing, people of low standing. Get, get ready for the flow. Amen. You know, I used to go to church, and I would think, well, you know, if God's going to move through anybody, it's going to be the pastor. And that's true. I mean, that, that's, that's not a bad mindset. But I need to have this idea that I'm going to go to church, and if God chooses to use me, I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm ready for him to use me. Oh, hallelujah. I got a little quiet on that one. Right? Hallelujah. You know, it's kind of like when your pastor says, hey, I, I need you to come. Let's, let's come together. Let's pray about some things. Pray some things out. You know, in reality, you think if anybody's going to hear from God in that room, it's him or her. But what about you? God wants you in the flow. Amen. Say it out loud. God wants me in the flow. Now notice Acts chapter uh, 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come on you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. So notice he tells them what's coming. What's coming? Power. What's their part? Be prepared. Be ready. Is that right? This is what you're going to receive as you prepare. Everything that God tells us that's coming He's saying, this is what's coming, get ready. This is what's coming, get ready. Amen. That's important. The, the important thing is the readiness. Being ready. We've got students in here that are starting Bible school. Why are you starting Bible school? Not to just increase your knowledge of the Word, to be ready. To be ready. To be ready for what? The call of God on my life. To be ready for the plan of God. To be ready to answer it. Hallelujah. Their part was to be prepared and to be ready. Now notice uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 14. This is Peter ministering, preaching on the day of Pentecost. And he says, and let me, let me emphasize something there in verse 8 before we go to chapter 2. Notice, he said, uh, Peter said uh, concerning Well, let, let's go to Acts 2, verse 14. That, that, this will clear it up. Peter, verse 14, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, uh, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, know, know, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. These are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Now notice this. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Spoken 
by the prophet Joel. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. All these people that he was talking to were, were believers in Judaism. They were there for the feast of Passover. And notice, they didn't know what this was. Yet Peter said it had been spoken by Joel. There was one person that had left the earth that knew what this was, Jesus. And he told them what's been said is coming. The Holy Spirit's coming in power. See, I don't want to be in a position where I should know, but I don't know because I've not been listening to what's been said. He said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. This will come to pass in the last days. I'll pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Hallelujah. All my servants, my handmaidens, I'll pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Glory to God. So notice, wait for the promise. Wait for what has been said. Wait for what has been said. That's the flow. The flow that was coming into the earth, remember the flow that John the Baptist talked about was the flow of the kingdom. The flow that, that Joel was prophesying about was the flow of the Holy Ghost. Now, not only are people going to encounter the presence, when they enter it, they're going to carry the presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was spoken so they would be prepared. God will always speak what he wants us to be prepared for. I want you to be ready for this. I want you to be prepared for this. God says what is coming. It's my job to be prepared for what's coming. The Lord's told us over and over again things like the babies are coming, baby Christians, new, new believers, they're coming. He said people hungry for the word are coming. People who want the word of faith are coming. People who want the moving of the spirit are coming. I pray all the time, Lord, send us those people that want what we are. Send us people that want what you're doing in this day. That doesn't mean I don't, I, listen, I want everybody that wants anything to do with God. But we want people that want to get into the flow. H have you ever uh, lifted a piece of furniture, maybe a couch or a desk or something, and you're with somebody that won't lift? And they make it double hard on you? And you're trying to go this way, and if you're walking backwards, you're pulling them. You want to just say, drop it. Just drop it. I'll drag it. It's easier to drag it than drag you and it. You might as well just get up there and lay down on the thing. Move it. Hallelujah. Lift it with somebody. You got to put it down every two minutes. Oh. Come on. I was living with a guy younger than me one time. He's like, uh -huh, come on. Get in the flow, brother. Come on, hurts my hands. You got two yards to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to be, be in the flow. I, I want to be flowing. I, I, it's coming. I, I want to be there when it shows up. Amen. When uh, Dr. Les Summerall was in uh, Great Britain, uh, he was there before, well, it was, it was right, right 
at the moment that uh, uh, Hitler began to invade Czechoslovakia and, and, and uh, Poland and other nations and uh, declared war. And Britain declared war. Well, Dr. Summerall was there on a, on a, uh, uh, a visitor's visa, and they sent him word and said, you've got to leave in 10 days. Well, when he had came to uh, Britain, Great Britain, he had been invited by Howard Carter uh, to minister at his conference that he had every year. They were good friends. They traveled the world together. Uh, Dr. Summerall wrote a book about it called Adventuring with Christ, one of the best books I've ever read in my life. I don't know if it's in print today. But in any event, uh, he preached that morning, and the custom was to have a, uh, uh, actually that night he preached, the custom was to have a teacher in the morning and a preacher in the evening, which Dr. Summerall was a preacher. And, uh, but the teacher that morning was Smith Wigglesworth. And so he was excited, obviously, to be there. And uh, Dr. Summerall preached that night, and Brother Wigglesworth came up to him after service and said, Son, you need to come see me. And so he made the arrangements to go, and you may have heard that story, or maybe you didn't, but in any event, uh, he went over and began a, a time of fellowship with him, and, and they, they grew very close. Well, after uh, a little while, the government sent him a letter and said, you've got to leave in 10 days, because we can't, you know, you can't be a foreign national, uh, you've got to go back to your nation. And so he said, I went and, uh, to say goodbye to Brother Wigglesworth, and he said, uh, that when he went in there, that he said, come here and let me pray for you. I want to bless you. And, and, he, and he began to bless him and speak over his life. But then Brother Wigglesworth began to see this. He began to say, I see it. I see it. And he said, I asked him, what do you see? And he said, I see a revival of healing coming to the world. And he said, it'll be the easiest thing in the world to get people healed. We prophesied the voice of healing revival. And then he said, I see another one. He said, I see people being filled with the Holy Ghost in every denomination. Prophesied the charismatic renewal. Then he said, but I see, I see another one. And he said, I see scores of people going to churches with their notebooks and their Bibles, learning about faith. Word of faith. Then he said, oh, but wait. Wait, I see another one. He said, this one will be the one that ushers in the precious fruit of the earth. And he said, in this, in this, in this revival, people will flow with the word and the spirit. And he said, it will be so strong. He said, I see hospitals being cleared out. And he said, people will bring the sick to churches that believe God will heal them coming see God says things to get people ready hallelujah other notable prophets brother Hagan dr. Dufresne they prophesied that in this era we'd see the five-fold ministry offices operating in full potential power full potential power so that that means in this day that we're living in we're going to see the power of these ministry offices like we've never seen them before We've never seen the pastor's gift in full potential power. We've never seen the prophet's gift in full potential power. Not in our days. We see it in the Bible through Jesus, but we don't see it in our days. Why? That's the flow we're entering into. Amen. Acts chapter 2. 
and verse 37. Notice what Peter said. When they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent. Notice there's that word again. Change your mind. Change your thinking. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So if you change your thinking, this power will come on you too. It, it's your promise, but without preparing to receive it by changing your thinking, it's not going to happen. The things that God's promised require preparation to receive. Now, there are steps to preparation. Number one, we have to consecrate ourselves. We have to consecrate ourselves. Consecration is not a list of do's and don'ts per se. Consecration is a loss of desire. In other words, there's things that I desire less than I desire what God's doing. Hallelujah. There are things I have to lose a desire for, and, and I have to desire the flow of this era more. I told somebody the other day, we were talking about something, and I just told him, I am unapologetically Christian. I'm not politically correct. I, I, I don't dab and dunk. It's what, I am unapologetically a Christ follower. I don't have time for anything else. In, in reality, none of us have time for anything else. Jesus is coming. Jesus is returning. Not maybe, not if, not might. He's coming. The days are upon us. Hallelujah. I don't know if we're the generation that's going to see the return of Christ, but here's what I know. I have to live like I'm the generation that's going to see the return of Christ. That's, that's part of consecrating yourself. I desire this more than I desire this. We, we live in a society that's just saturated with entertainment. Satur, saturated with, with just, you know, doing nothing. And, and it used to be you had to go somewhere to do nothing. Now you can sit at home on your device and do nothing. Amen. See, that there, there, there's that consecration. I've been talking to young, younger ministers here recently about you got to pray. you got to pray. you got to be a man of prayer. You, you've got to be able to get over in the Spirit and hear from God. Amen. The day is over that we just go buy somebody's book and do what they did and think we're going to get the results. You cannot walk in the rooms that our fathers have walked in and pay less of a price. Hallelujah. You got a little quiet there. But that, that's part of consecrating yourself. If you want to know the plan of God for your life, prayer is your business. You got to make it your business. If God nudges you in the middle of the night and says, I need you to get up and pray, don't talk about you're tired. Get up and pray. That's your business. Sleeping is not your business. In that moment, prayer is your business. Amen. Hallelujah. When, 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 I was just, uh, uh, when I was a younger man, younger uh, getting into the things of God, we, we may not have even known how to pray correctly. But I, I was living in a house with about six other young men. Uh, between, we were between the ages of probably 18 and 21. 
And the only thing we knew to do, we didn't have no money. We didn't have no money, no cable, no TV, no girlfriend. Most of us didn't have a car. So we'd pray in the morning, and we'd pray in the afternoon, and we'd pray in the evening. They'd come over to the church 10 o'clock at night, and we'd be praying. Not perfect, but, but we knew there was something there about consecrating ourselves to the things of God. There are things I want more than food. There are things I want more than entertainment. It's the flow of God. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you understand that? There are things I want more than just surfing YouTube, watching funny cat videos. Now, that's not hard. It's just that's that level of consecration. It's not you can't do this and you can't do that. It's what do you want more? Norval Hayes and Dr. Uh, Brother Hagen were driving down the road one day. And uh, uh, somebody pushed a paralyzed person out in the road. They were crossing the road. They stopped at a light. And Norval Hayes asked Brother Hagen, he said, is it God's will to heal that person? And Brother Hagen said, yes, if somebody will pay the price. Anything that comes into our lives, anything that comes into our church, anything that comes into our ministry, there's a price that has to be paid. There, there has to be a level of consecration. Hallelujah. There are things I have to lose a desire for. I have to desire the flow of this era more. Number two, dedicate ourselves to the plan. We're dedicated to see this come to pass. Not just to see a church built, but to see the flow of these last days. To see, to see what God wants to do in these last days. Can we see that come to pass in our lives? Can I see that in my family? Can I see that in my church? If I dedicate myself to it. Hallelujah. The, 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 the uh, uh, Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 6 I go there consistently. Acts chapter 6, verse 4. And, and he, they, they were looking for a group to put over the business of, of, of uh, uh, ministering to the widows in the daily ministration of food and finances. And Peter said, we're going to put these men over this business and watch. And we will give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. We will give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. In 1982, the Lord spoke to my pastor about what he needed to do in 1983, and the Lord said to him in 1982, the only thing you have to do is give yourself to prayer and the study of the Word. That's it. That's what the Lord said to him. Hallelujah. And people can say, well, that, you know, that's what ministers ought to do. It's what we all ought to do. I want the flow of God. I want the flow of God. Amen. So we're dedicated to see this come to pass. Not just to see a church built, but see the flow. The flow in these last days. Which is the flow of what? The word and spirit. A flow of power. Number three. I have to activate. So I consecrate. I dedicate. And then I have to activate. In, in other words, I got to get involved. What can I do to see this come to pass? Now, immediately, you can go to immediately to, well, you know, uh, what do you mean? Get involved in the church. Do something. Greet. Usher. Do something. No, 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 no. Not just that. that. That might be part of it. It may not. Pray. I can pray. Everybody can pray. You might not be called to preach, but you're called to pray. 
Everybody's called to pray. The Bible tells believers to pray without ceasing. Amen. To pray at all times, to pray under every circumstance, no matter what comes up, pray. Pray, Praying with all types of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Is that right? So I I can pray. I, I can pray in the morning. I can pray in the afternoon. Father, thank you that we walk in the plan of God. Thank you that our church is in the plan of God. Thank you for revealing to my pastor the exact way to get us in this plan and keep us in this flow. I can, I can pray about it. I can pray. Hallelujah. Number two, I can declare. I can declare some things. I can speak some things. Now, in our circles, that's a given. You know, we confess the word. But I can declare some things. Father, I declare our church is a house of healing and a house of hope and a house of miracles. Father, I declare that our church is a church where love is king. Father, amen. I, I, I declare that our church is a church that moves with the word and the spirit. And whatever my part is, that's what I want. Amen. And then I can commit. I can commit. I'm committed. In, now, now notice not just committed to a church, I'm committed to the plan. I'm committed to the plan. I'll, I'll close with this. Over the years, you know, the, the Lord told me years ago, years ago, there was a lot of change that was going on in the church. I say the body of Christ, but in different churches. And people were going different directions, and, and I won't get into all that. But I went to the Lord, and I said, Lord, is, is there something I need to do because you know, I don't want to be miss out on anything that you got going on. And if that's, if that's your desire, I want to do it. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, you stay with your fathers and you'll stay safe. And then he said this, you preach the pure word of faith in the manner you learned it. You stay with that. I watched people over the years, people that I know that were, that were very strong in the faith message and very strong in the moving of the Holy Spirit. I mean, very strong. I'm thinking of one, one minister uh, that the Lord told him. Now, now, I'm saying this for a reason. The Lord told him, as long as you preach faith, your church will always grow. Why? That church was a portal into that city. That church was a portal into St. Joseph, Missouri. It was a window, a door into that community, preaching the word of faith. And it did. It grew, it grew from a Bible study to probably close to 3,000 people. Just preaching faith. Preaching faith. And one day he decided that the faith message wasn't deep enough. So he decided, I'm not going to preach it no more. We're, we're not going to be in all in for that moving of the Spirit and all these things. Well, why? Because it became more popular for the pastor to look like he'd just come in from mowing his yard, and it became popular for the pastor to listen to all type of secular music and and talk in his bio about the secular music that he listens to. And so to be popular, I got to go that route. I want to be a conduit for the power of God. I don't want you to come to church 
and say, what a cool guy my pastor is. I want you to come to church and know if you need an answer, you can get it. If you need somebody to lay hands on you and the power of God to flow, it'll happen. This is important. Well, you know, they made that decision, and I watched that church just go down, 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 down. Well, why? They quit being a poison. Listen, hear me. With, with all of my heart, hear me. If we're not going to be the portal God wants us to be, why do we need to be here? They quit being the portal God wanted them to be. It's not about old-fashioned or new fashion. It's not, we're not, nobody's trying to be old fashioned. I realize some of the worst things you can do is get stuck in a rut. Amen. I referenced all those uh, uh, machines, uh, record player, eight track player. Anybody here got an eight track player in your car? No, you don't. You want to know why? It's, it's irrelevant. You, you, can, you can take a thumb drive and pop it in the USB and carry around a thousand. I carry around a thousand messages of Brother Hagan on one thumb drive. Amen. So for you to say eight tracks were better, you're wrong. I lived through eight tracks. They were not better. Brush arbors were not better than air conditioned. <laughs> Just were not. So it's not old-fashioned. You can try to go be old-fashioned, and what you're trying to do is replicate the power. The Bible says the power will flow in this generation. We got to be ready for it. Let's stand up today, shall we? I believe God. I believe God. Hallelujah. 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 So let's just take one moment. Let's just close our eyes. Let's just say this. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I commit myself to your plan, to your flow. Lord, everything that you want to do in this era, I want to be a part of it. In the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I thank you that every young man Every young woman, every person, every person of every color, every person, male or female, Father, they're a candidate for the plan. And I thank you for revealing it to them. And may we be right in the middle of it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe.